There are a lot of words, feelings, and experiences which come to mind when someone brings up fursuits. Sex, if you're a believer in shows like CSI or Sex 2K. Creepy is noted by a random table at a local restaurant being visited by fursuiters. Still for others, it's a life-changing experience for good. No matter what your view is on such an undeniably visible facet of the furry fandom, so many people all share the same first question. Why? What would possess someone to spend so much money, time, and effort to put on an animal costume and parade around? What's it like in there, and why keep doing it? My name is Tugs, and I'm one of the hosts of For What It's Worth, and today we're bringing you a different kind of show. One which we started not long into Season 2. We hope to answer the questions of why people feel compelled to wear a fursuit and what getting a suit is like. No matter if you own one, just got one, or if you've been a fursuiter for years, we hope you'll find something unique to you in this episode. And so, with Act 1, here is Rue, starting Season 2, Special 5, My First Fursuit. This is the story many in the furry fandom have experienced. Yet despite the number who have, there is a greater number who haven't. Our story begins in July 2012 with a local furry who has just placed an order for a fursuit. Meet today's main character. So my name is Hayrider. I am uh, Abaddon Kadon, and that's just a name I came up with because I thought it was hilarious. This creature, his creator, his journey is the story we will be following. You're getting your first fursuit. Yeah. Um, what made you decide that you wanted to get a fursuit? You know, that's a funny story, because when I first got into the fandom, there was a lot of uh, joking around by my friends about furries, because all they'd seen is fursuiters. You know, the stereotypical... Let's see. I got into the fandom in, like, 2005. I don't even know if the CSI episode was around back then, but I know there were videos on YouTube of fursuiters. What is a fursuit? According to Wikifur, an online encyclopedia, fursuits are animal costumes associated with the furry fandom. They range from simple tails and ears to full costumes. Similar to mascot suits, they allow the wearer to adopt another personality while in costume. Owners, also known as fursuiters, can spend less than 100 to many thousands of dollars on one suit. The term fursuit coined in 1993 by Robert King, can also refer to animal mascot costumes in general, as opposed to human or inanimate object mascots. The act of wearing a fursuit is usually referred to as fursuiting. When we first met Hayrider, we were interested in the logistics of procuring such a costume. It was really humorous to them. It was very funny, uh, like weird funny, not like, oh, this is cute funny. It was like, those people are freaks. And so I believed that. I had myself believing that for a long time. Um, toward 2006, 2007, I started watching YouTube videos and stuff, mostly uh, dance sessions from conventions and looked really awesome to me. I've wanted a fursuit since, you know, I was 18 years old. What's I, kept you from getting a fursuit until now? Cash. I've completed maybe 18 credit hours in college. Um, set to go back this year, maybe next year. We'll see. Depends on a lot of things. But I finally had the excess income and enough saved up to do the fursuit this year and go to a convention and live. What is your fursuit going to look like? I got... I was kind of well known in the area for having way too many species changes. So I got sick of it and I took all my favorite things about different species and dumped them into one character. It's really interesting. It is a digitigrade suit. Um, it has hooves, very large hooves. 
the fur is black and yellow, mostly white, uh, so white with black and yellow markings. The face is almost, it's, it's somewhere between like cat-like and mustelid, like a skunk or a badger, and it has really big fluffy ears. I've already put on put it on a couple times as it's been developed and it's going to make me look I'm already a huge guy it's gonna make me look that much bigger I, I I'm gonna like having a presence I'm not gonna lie it's adorable it's awesome I'm super excited then the logistics of just wearing pounds of fur it's gonna be fun but it's also gonna be one of those things where you try to go somewhere and everybody's like what is he supposed to be I don't know how to respond to them you know with what are you because I don't want to sit there and give you give them the four-minute description you said that you're fursuit's going to be really, really bulky. How are you going to be dealing with the heat? The fursuit is designed with a lot of extra room, which is weird because getting enough fur for just a skin-tight suit for me is expensive and heavy. I mean, the fur itself is like 16 or 17 pounds from what I understand. That's without the foam, without anything else. But it's built with some extra give, which will allow air to kind of come in, especially in like the sleeves and the feet. So air's going to circulate okay. The fur is no thicker than most the basic. I think it's 1.5, maybe 2. So it's fairly long, but it's not. I don't know. I've, I think it'll be just fine. I'm a notorious water drinker. I'll probably carry a huge thing of water around with me everywhere. Or make someone else do it. I mean, that seems to be the trend. So. so what are you going to do as far as communicating? probably plan on talking um i think that may change i don't know that yet i'm probably going to try both see which i like better at this point i'm thinking i will talk i think i have a high-pitched excitable voice and i think that'll be fun in suit and it'll create kind of a fun dichotomy because hayrider is a beast he's huge um tall you know wide and built but I think the voice will kind of add sort of acuteness to it. So as it stands, I'll be talking. Are you making any plans towards making it so that it doesn't sound muffled? Um, the suit actually is doing quite a bit for that. The, the mouth is, is sort of small, but it's about the same size as my mouth. Um, the only thing blocking, it's a short muzzle, so there's not going to be as much of a tunnel um, for the sound to travel through. And I'm going to be speaking maybe through balaclava, which is, you know, that's not going to muffle much. I don't think that it's going to hinder sound too much. If it does, um, we'll go from there. And after all this, what would he want to do? Can't wait to uh, get out there and party with other fursuits. I'm, I'm mostly looking forward to the dance floor. How would he be emotionally and mentally impacted by being able to realize a fantasy like this? on an actual physical level. As, as I get into my fursuit, I feel like it's going to be basically an exaggerated version of me. I don't feel like I have to play a different character. I mean, when I roleplay Hayrider on the web, it's just me. It's, it's really, there's, it's me with like a tail and whatever else. So I would say becoming my character, but I already am. How do you think your perspective on the fandom will change when you get your suit? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, I, I can't, I don't have a very 
small description, like a very small description of how I feel that the feel about the fandom or what I think the fandom is because I've seen so many different segments. I mean, um, I've moderated a group for three or four years now. I've, uh, I hang out with everybody within Utah. I mean, I'm not really well known outside of Utah, but I've seen a lot of what people think furry is. I don't know if my perspective will change. I mean, I've seen people idolize suits. If that happens, that's great. You know, I don't, that's not what I'm there for. I'm there to, uh, you know, kind of have fun and get some attention, maybe snuggles, but I don't want people to be me or, like, fight over being with me. I, I think that's not very cool, personally. Do you think your connection to your character will change? I don't. Maybe. You know, this is funny, because people have told me that people say that, but as they become a first suitor, they try to create a character and try to act it out, maybe create a separate account for their character and a separate account for their personal life. I don't know. You know, I, I can't estimate that. I would say right now, no, I don't think much will change as far as me and my connection with my character because it's just me, but a different species. Are you excited to get your suit? Yeah, really excited. I mean, and we're closing in. I don't know where he's at because he kind of just pings me um, every once in a while to let me know where development is and I go check up on it and we work together to kind of figure some fitting out some some design out but at this point I haven't had an update in about probably about a week on design so as it turns out Hayrider didn't have long to wait Exactly one month later to the day, he was called and asked to pick up his eagerly awaited costume. That usually means he's here, unless he's out in the bug. And I said between 7 and 7.30, He remained pretty relaxed the whole way there, but a certain electricity was building as we neared the home of his fursuit maker, and his smile seemed to be a bit bigger. <laughs> you wore that on purpose. As his excitement built, so did his nervousness, and his boyfriend was just as excited. While we waited for the maker to arrive, I decided to ask a few questions. So, how do you feel? I'm pretty excited to see it finished, honestly. Do you have butterflies in your stomach? Not that much. Um, but I've only seen it in pictures, so I want to see it in life. I want to see, um, I don't know, it's a lot different when you can see something from different angles with natural light, so it should be pretty awesome. And one of his boyfriend. Are you excited for him? Partially. Huh. After a few more minutes, we were welcomed at the door and finally entered the inner sanctum of creation. How are you doing, Lucky? Continue a while. Yeah. 
Sorry if my late hits. No, no stuff happens. Ultra busy week. Then the big moment came. We'll have a seat. I'll bring it up here. This office is full of different you animals. Know, excited? Are you nervous now? A little bit. Yeah. I'd say I'm a little bit nervous right now. In a big box. It almost fits in a very large box. <laughs> almost. <laughs> How big is that box? You know. Oh man. Looks so good. That really does look good. Thank you. I like the way you did the iris. You actually did flecks of color. After staring and just taking it in a moment, the next big event came. Ah, oh, that's cool. Here's some ball of for you. Cool. Is this your first time wearing your fursuit head? Yes. Almost. When it's on. Okay. He checked himself out in the mirror. It also didn't take long before he was huffing and puffing. So, if I look out of the corner of like one of the eyes, mm. I can. Oh, cool. This eye, I would say, has less visibility than this eye. And I'm gonna see if I can find out why. Odd. I sweat a lot, period. Oh, you're gonna sweat more now. <laughs> you're gonna. You're gonna Richard Simmons. <laughs> His boyfriend was in deep thought about the whole situation. What? Are you talking to yourself back there? About what? Wearing glasses under that would be really hard. Contacts. Yeah. Don't. This is crazy, just the visibility. What's it like? This eye is okay, but I feel like I would have to kind of look at the side of one eye right here. And the thing that's kind of covering this is actually the build on the inside. It's when I put my hand in here, it feels like one side is a little more raised into the tear duct than the other. Like uh, there's less clearance right here on the inside against the side of the mesh. You look good with the head. Thanks. You gotta see it from the front. You've been sitting back there the whole time. Let me see here. It's comfortable though. Like, it doesn't feel like any of the forms are gonna get annoying on the sides of my head or anything, which is good. He tried on his new feet. Did you already see these? I could almost wear them with shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Those are thick feet. Everything's thick about the suit, that's what I like about it. You know what you gotta do now? Come up with your walk. <laughs> I've gotta learn to walk first. Well, just in general though, like you like can't walk like normal. You gotta really exaggerate your movements, almost like you're trying to be a cartoon character. After a short while of checking himself out and getting a feel for the rest of the suit, the pickup was complete and we headed back home. So what was different? 
Uh, vision. <laughs> Anything else go different? Actually, the way I had to uh, view the world around me changed my posture and my walk. In what way? I think it'll give Hayrider a little bit more of a um, cautious character, more than I expected. I don't think it's a bad thing, but it definitely reflects in the way I move my body that I need to really concentrate on how I'm saying things, so. How did you feel when you put that head on? No, um. Did you have any emotional change? A little bit, actually. Um, I felt, actually it's really weird, because I put on the head and I wasn't wearing the tail, but I was swaying my butt as if I did. As if I were like swaying a tail behind me. It was really bizarre. Did you feel more connected to your character? I did, I'll be honest. It sounds goofy, but absolutely. I felt much more connected. I felt, it kind of put me, I guess, in his shoes, kinda. And I've tried on the bodysuit, and I've tried on the feet, but it wasn't until I was able to wear the head today that I really felt, okay, you know, this is a transformation. And I don't think it was just that I was wearing the head of the fursuit that made me feel that way. It was that my senses were a little bit of, um, my senses were definitely um, depraved, de <sighs> I can't talk. Deprived? Yeah, definitely a lot of sensory deprivation. So it was a little, it was very alien to me, but at the same time that gave me a little more uh, freedom of character, I think, for some reason. Because, I mean, when you don't feel like yourself, you've got to find something to feel. And, I mean, it wasn't to the point where I felt like I had made a total character change. But there was definitely a little bit of things are different. I'm adapting. Coming up, Hayrider finds out just how different things are as he goes to his very first furry convention in suit. Haku is a panther from California, white fur with black spots. He remembers picking up his fursuit many years ago. Hi, my name's uh, Haku Panther. Um, I've been in the fandom since 07, so I think that's like six years now. Um, I am a panther, if that wasn't already figured out. I live in the Bay Area of California. The story of my first fursuit was, uh, I was really excited. Um, I, ha I ordered it, waited six months, and um, they both delivered that stuff to me at AC09, so my very, very first con outside of California. And boy, was that crazy, you know, showing up at this con with several thousand people, more people than, than I've ever seen before, more furries than I've ever seen by, by a lot. And so I was so excited to just show off my fursuit for the first time. And I was like, I got there on Thursday and I was texting her and I'm like, can I pick up my fursuit? Can I pick up my fursuit? And she's like, no, I'm not to the hotel yet. Give me a little bit. So, so for, for several hours, I'm just running around AC, just antsy and nervous, just waiting for my fursuit for the first time, seeing everybody else in bears and I'm getting all jealous and bitter because she's not there yet. And then the text finally comes. She's like, okay, I'm to my room. Come pick up your fursuit. And I'm just like, eee. And I uh, I think I ran up a hundred flight of stairs. She, you know, I think she's on the 300th floor, but I didn't care. I had so much energy. <laughs> I, I just ran up. I didn't wait for the elevators or anything. I ran 
all the way up there and just kicked down her door. Not really. I didn't didn't want her to pay the uh, you know the, the money for the new door. But I, I jump. I just run in and she's like, "Here you go." And she just hands me my you know version one of Haku. Um, and it was so white and so spotty. And she and then just like ah, and I like run out the door. And she's like, "No, no, no, come back, come back. I'll tell you some things." You know, telling me you know the fursuit care tips about you know you know these spots. You know these spots might run. You know don't do this, don't do that. Uh, you know this is how you wash it. You know you should be careful with this. You know, be careful of the zipper. You know because you don't get fur caught. All this other stuff. And I'm like, shut up. I want to wear it now. So. <laughs> Although I was a little bit nicer, I gave her a hug and thanked her profusely, although I think she should thank me. I gave her money for that. <laughs> but anyway, I, I, I excitedly ran out, firstly flailing above my head like a flag of conquest, and just like, I was just, I wanted to get that sucker on and just put it on for the first time and just be a kitty. So you know, I ran back up to my hotel room and put it on, and fortunately it had a front zipper so I didn't need any help. So I get that sucker on. And I like put the head on, and I'm like, oh, I can't see crap. <laughs> the, the first impressions of the suit when I got the head on and got all of the bits on were like, hmm, this is kind of restrictive. Hmm, this is kind of hot. Hmm, you know, I can't see very much. You know, these are all concerns. And then, then I was like, you know, worrying about all the feelings, how I feel. And then I jump in front of the mirror, and I'm like, oh. Oh yeah. Okay. I don't care anymore. This is awesome. You know, I just see, you know, you know, I see kind of the, the internalization of my imagination, like in real life, in front of me in the mirror, and all those concerns run away. You know, I was like, okay, how's my tail? Oh, my tail's pretty. Oh, let me brush my fur. You know, how's my hair? Is you know my neck fat tucked in? Okay, I'm ready to go. And I just bust out of the door and run down down to the lobby of this hotel, run out into the street almost get hit by a car trying to cross the street because, well, I can't see anything. But I didn't care. I had a fursuit on. I was a cat. They would stop for me. If you were driving a car and you saw a six-foot-four panther running around, you would freaking stop. Anyway, and, you know, I run over to the, you know, the AC hotel and I'm in the lobby and I'm just like, rah! And I just do cat things. Oh, so many cat things. I chased dogs. I chased ferrets. I dropped spots on so many people. I was giving hugs and I saw all my friends. Well, and it was so much fun. Today on For What It's Worth, we are exploring the story of Hayrider, a Salt Lake City local who has commissioned and picked up his first fursuit. Now he has made the journey to his first furry convention in suit, Denver's Rocky Mountain Fur Con, a three-day event in Colorado. Here is act two of my first fursuit. Furry conventions, the ultimate expression of fandom. And for Hayrider, a whole different kind of experience now that he has a fursuit. After his first appearance, which included stomping around, bumping into things, and being a klutz, we captured his thoughts. How was your first experience? Um, being in suit at a con. Being in full suit, it's actually really cool. Get to meet a lot of people, especially in the headless lounge. But it's a huge uh, adjustment. Um, your sense of space goes down. At least in at least mine, I love it, and I'm I'm adapting to it really well. 
and I think some of the things I've been doing to adapt to it have actually uh, given Hayrider kind of a physical character. What have you been doing to adapt? Um, the way I walk, I, uh, I find that if I lean over, it helps me a lot because I can see what's near the ground, like people's feet and people and children and animals. <laughs> I mean, I have gigantic feet, so um, it's very important to me to make sure I know what I'm doing. Um, some of the things I'll do to make that not look so awkward is I'll stick my arms in front of me, um, make sure I wag my tail, and it looks kind of prowly, which I like. It's very predatorial looking, even though Hayrider looks quite the opposite. How is people's reaction to you? It seems really, really good. I get a lot of comments on the eyes, um, which I like. Uh, that that's, that's pretty much, I mean, the suit's beautiful in general, and the person who made it did a wonderful job. But the eyes are really the centerpiece of the suit. They're, they've, they're so unique. I mean, there's similar eyes on a few suits out there, but it's, it's pretty rare. Um, pretty good reactions. Describe opening ceremonies to to us. I decided to show up in suit, um, and I was sitting in a chair most of the time, so I can't say anything about opening ceremonies was really unique, other than I was led to opening ceremonies by the hand because it was about to start. I don't know. Getting out of there was interesting. I, I walked into a man, and then I walked into a wall. <laughs> And he, he gently coaxed me out of out of the auditorium, and I'm still adjusting. I'm getting a lot better. I actually, in fact, coming back to the room from suiting just now, I ran into the wall. <laughs> it's really adorable. I think it's gonna be really cute and give him like a clumsy personality. I'm I can move around. I can actually get all the way down to the con space by myself. How do you feel that you're? Um, interaction with other fursuiters has changed, if at all? Uh, fursuiters have always been awesome. I've always made sure to give them a hug. And um, I've always talked. I even talk in suit. And a lot of people have commented on that, saying it's a cool thing. I rely on at least some kind of vocal cues because my vision is impaired to such a point. As far as interactions with the fursuiters, um, being playful is interesting because I don't have full front frontal vision in the suit. So I have to scan back and forth and, you know, I, I'm sure I miss cues sometimes. The one thing I'm worried about in the suit is people waving at me from a distance and me not being able to respond. I mean, um, if I haven't waved at people at this con, it's not because I don't care. It's really because I cannot see you. At any firm meet or conventions, you're likely to hear someone repeating one of the few common sentiments about fursuit owners. We asked our newly minted suitor about his opinion about how fursuiters are viewed in the fandom. So now that you're a suitor, there's a lot of different people that have different perspectives on fursuiting and um, sometimes people have a perception of that fursuiters are a higher class. Do you feel like you have joined this higher class? or I don't feel that um, fursuiting is something of a higher class. I feel, if anything, you're more of a servant. You're more of a performer and you're there for their entertainment. I feel, I like it, but I feel like I have a responsibility to go out there and goof off. I wouldn't say that fursuiters are a higher class. However, I would say spending time in a headless lounge with other fursuiters does make it easier to bond with other fursuiters. You have a lot of time to sit with them and talk. 
I think that might give people kind of a perspective of maybe these guys are being, you know, are being jerks, I guess. So what do you have to say to those people that feel like that they're not, like, within this niche? Like, they feel like that they can't get into that niche, they can't get to know suitors because they don't have a suit themselves. I feel like people who don't feel like they can become a part of that are people who have problems approaching society anyway. Um, get, you know, if you can get past your own social ambitions, you can get out there and get to know fursuiters just like anybody else. I've been doing it forever. I've only started fursuiting recently, but some of my best friends, most of my best friends have a fursuit. So it's it's you. It's up to you. If you regard them as a higher status in a higher caste, then that's how you're going to approach them. But if you look at them as people who are wearing cute, adorable suits and do cute, adorable things and could be normal, great people inside, great. Approach them. Go for it. We turn to the topic of frequent fursuiters, the ones you see fursuiting all the time. I feel like the reason to wear your fursuit on a regular basis in large groups is to be your fursona in front of people. And whether you're doing that for your own reasons or for them, you're still doing it to gain their attention. Whether you are doing it for you or doing it for them. You know how you go to different meets and different things like that and people feel like the things are all about the fursuiters. Here's the thing. It's not about the fursuits. The fursuits, I remember getting a fursuit and another fursuiter who was at the meet with me said, welcome to the 1%. Now he didn't say top 1%, he didn't say best 1%, he didn't say anything. He said 1%, people who have fursuits. I think to say that fursuiters get all the attention is really unfair. The reason a fursuit can get a lot of attention is because a fursuit is a physical abnormality. You look at a fursuit down the hall, it doesn't look like some guy. So they'll get a little more attention, absolutely, because they look different. They look like a furry, and at a furcon, they're gonna get a lot of attraction. This fandom has grown so much. It started out as stories, and then it became comics, and then it became artwork, and fursuit is probably one of the more recent developments. But it's great to be able to see somebody go out there and perform in a costume like that. What you're hearing behind me is the audio from Hayrider's first fursuit parade. The fursuit parade is a staple for most furry conventions, where most costumers gather together for a grand display. But how is it to be in a parade lack of vision and performing for a mass audience for the first time? Parade was a lot of fun. Uh, getting there by myself was was interesting. I got. I've definitely learned to use my uh, disability in vision to my character's advantage. Um, I uh, I walked into the back of Click a couple times as we were walking through the parade, and. Uh, I did it on purpose after I did it like once on accident and then the rest of the time I was just like boop 
keep walking. But uh, he'd turn around and he'd just look at me disappointedly and then I'd just, you know, be bashful like I was sorry for it. We got back from the, uh, the parade, though, right there at the tail end. And the guy who was behind me, I actually know him. His name's Levi. He's a panther. And he had actually said... Man, hey, Ryder, I think, quote, unquote, your shit's popular, unquote, which is basically saying, you know, whatever, that's awesome. You, you got a lot of good attention. I wouldn't know. I didn't hear him as I was walking past. I was too focused on just going, just not knocking over the audience. But apparently I got a lot of comments about I'm adorable, you're adorable, you're adorable, and I was really, really happy about that. Did you also get a lot of um, people taking pictures of you? I did. On our way back from the parade, um, I was done. You know, the parade was great. Um, on our way, on my way though, um, I think my intention was to go to the other headless lounge that they were moving to, or come up to the room. I got a lot of pictures. I must have been pulled aside at least 20 times on my way to get to the other headless lounge. Lots and lots of pictures, which was really fun for me. It's it's. Uh, a lot of good uh, reactions. Um, but yeah, I was really happy about that. Having a handy audience, we polled them on Hayrider's performance. SK had this to say. A couple of my friends had their first cons in suit, uh, Gristoff and uh, Hayrider. And it was great seeing uh, new suits getting introduced and good to see them uh, jumping around and acting all happy and goofy and like we all do. So you're a fursuiter. You've you've gone to a lot of different cons. What is what is a piece of advice that you would give to people? Bathe constantly. <laughs> Eat. Try to stay uh, healthy. Uh, it can get, you know, with all the lack of sleep and running around, the dances, um, don't overdo it. It's so easy uh, to go into it and just start uh just jumping around and enjoying so much you kind of forget the little things finally the big dance dancing drinking in suit and general overexertion for fursuiters we just got back from fursuit dancing and karaoke different things like that Tell us a little bit about it. It was a good night. Um, your second night of first suiting, don't get drunk. I just want to put that out there. I'm not drunk. No, I, uh, I went down into karaoke out of suit, um, performed some songs, and then came up and decided to partial because a bunch of people were like, you should come sing, you know, Frankenfurter, and you should come down and you should sing Bohemian Rhapsody. So I went and got suit, and I didn't really sing. However, I did a lot of dancing. Here's the thing, when you get a suit, take it easy, move slow. You'll learn what you can and can't do. My first night, I choked to death pretty much on a sweatband because um, I had it tied too tight around my neck. Tonight, I just danced my ass off um, two separate times, about five minutes a piece. Um, and then I went into the fursuit lounge, went out to the dance floor for 20 minutes the first time, went back to the fursuit lounge for 30 minutes um, after that on the dance floor. Um, it's very strenuous, but it's so much fun. I mean, so much interaction. I mean, this is probably the first night where I could 
feel interaction around me. Um, especially in suit because I have that, you know, vision impairment. But it's it's fantastic. I'm glad I went and did it. Um, when you came back, you said you now know the you're now getting the fursuit bug. What do you mean by that? Oh, I mean, uh, you know, if I wasn't worried about um, sweating so much that my fursuit would reek forever, I would be in my fursuit all the time. I have to take breaks to bring it back and Lysol it and dry it out. I don't want it to smell. You know, it's... Uh, great it's addictive and I'm starting to today tonight especially I can say that yes I am uh, developing a method for vision and it's fantastic to be able to interact with the other fursuiters and the people who are just spectating. Coming up Hayrider recovers from his first fursuiting convention and starts preparing to take his fursuit to the second largest furry convention. Stay with us. So there are fursuiters and the audience who watches them perform. But what about the builders of these get-ups? Who makes them and why? My name is Circa, and I am a fursuit maker. Circa is a fursuit maker in Seattle. Making fursuits is his full-time job. We asked him what drives how he got into making fursuits and what he loves about it. Yeah, when, when I first started off, it was I, I started making fursuits because I, I could not afford a fursuit. I knew I'd never be able to afford a $2,000 expensive thing when I was 15 years old. And I just kind of thought, well, I want one and I'm not going to complain anymore like most people do. Let's just see what I can do. Let's see if I can make it. I really enjoyed it. I, I wanted to be able to give back to the community, too, which has given so much to me in the first place. Like, I, I, I wanted to try to pursue a job doing what I loved, but also being able to help everybody else around me that, that has got me where I am today. It, it really is a huge part of it for me. What kinds of clients does he have? At, at this point, like, I know uh, a couple of my friends have got things, but for the most part, like, <laughs> I've gotten propositions from people that I don't really know and I'm getting to know because they're sort of local, but it is pretty random. How long does it take to build a full fursuit? Uh, for me, about 60 hours, but uh, God, like when I first started off, it was pretty much working in my spare time and it took me about a month of on and off work. Basically. As far as making a fursuit goes, any fursuit maker will tell you that the hardest part of making a fursuit is definitely constructing the head. Everything else mostly involves sewing patterns, but the head is where all the creativity comes into the picture. In order to create the head, it helps tremendously if you are already artistic by nature. You don't have to be, but it definitely helps. What is it like when he delivers a finished suit to a customer? For me, definitely one of the biggest reasons I do this is to see the looks on other people's faces when they see my finished product. Uh, I'm definitely a whore for pleasing my clientele, and when either I hear or see the face light up, I, it kind of takes all the frustration that you know I might have had making that suit in the first place. It just kind of takes it away. It makes it all that much better, and it really makes me realize why I love doing this. It, it's also really cool when I hear from others later that they saw this suit that I made for a friend and they really loved it. Those people tend to be my biggest, you know, newest customers and kind of tells me I'm doing something right at that point. Last year, um, 
one of the local furries here, he's a lemur, and he, he like just said randomly on Twitter how he really wanted a tail. And I did, and I told him I'd love to make you a tail. So after we met up and talked a little bit, I made it, and it was this huge six-foot-long puffy lemur tail that was really awesome and really fun to make. I mean, we, we even had fun just whipping each other with it like before I gave it to him because it's it's kind of a weapon in a way but when I showed it to him and I gave it to him he fell in love with it like instantly and like was using it as a boa and whipping people and pulling people in and it was it was just great to see because like everybody seemed to love it and uh, I definitely remember it pretty vividly just because he the reaction on his face he really really loved it and apparently even to this day that tail gets a lot of mileage people are familiar with the tail and it has a reputation so it's nice to know that I made something that has a reputation <laughs> My First Fursuit, Act 3 The differences between Rocky Mountain Furcon and further confusion are many. For one, the size difference places RMFC in the medium convention category, while FC is the second largest in the world. This lends the convention to two very different fields. Further confusion is also five months later and is a wintertime convention, while RMFC is a summer con in August. During the gap between the two events, we asked Hayrider about his progress in learning his performance art and his final thoughts on his first convention. You're back from RMFC, and it's been a while, but how did it go for you in respect to fursuiting? Man, well, it, it really has been a long time. <laughs> you've had time to process it. Have I, or have I had time to forget it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it was your first time, so did you forget a lot of it? Um, not really, not really. What was, what was different About than you expected? being in suit? Yeah. Uh, vision was, uh, was a real trouble. I mean, uh, okay, let's, so let's not start by, by uh, talking about negatives here, because <laughs> the positives far outweigh it, Okay. including the uh, attention I get, and how dorky I can be without uh, any remorse. Is there a particular moment that stood out to you? Um, in fursuit, at the con, I'll be honest with you, it was hard to come out of my shell right away, so I can't remember anything that was really crazy, I mean... I was surprised when I went out there at first. I expected to be magnetic immediately, but it seems like the fursuiting community has become, um, just like everything else, kind of a, you know, the right guy, and the right guy gets the attention, and the right guy does the right things, and you can learn from the right guy how to get the attention. Um, so I didn't get as much of the... Uh, interaction as I would have liked, but I think that's p also partially to my inability um, to see a lot of things. You know, when people would try to interact with me, I'd be derping around because I couldn't see anything. I was like, "Oh yeah, having fun." And I don't know. The whole thing was pretty awesome. It's it's only gotten better. I'll be honest. Um, I'm excited for the next con because I think I've had what's your next con? FC. Okay. Further confusion, I will be there. But I think I've had more fun suiting uh, just at local stuff since I've gotten back. I think uh, being able to suit locally has really brought me out of my shell a lot, and I think that will really come out when I go to further confusion as well. So, <laughs> I know you don't want to talk about the negatives. So, what, I don't know if being different is negative, though, you know? I would say, um, I don't know. 
they are sort of negatives and and um it's it's not they don't outweigh the positives at all it's just getting around and seeing and your feet being three times as big as they normally are at least mine because they're, Peggy Hill they're big circles yeah <laughs> they are i've got peggy hills on my on my legs <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's vision was the biggest thing, and uh, from what I know, because I've tried on other people's heads, there is better vision. And I had a special request for the eyes that really kind of uh, inhibited my vision. I don't care now, but uh, so describe your eyes then. And the eyes are um, plastic lenses that have been painted on the inside to sim- to give simulate the wetness and the gloss of an eyeball, basically. Um, and so, and so, in terms of your vision, is it like looking through like a like a slit between like two fence slats, or? Uh, <laughs> it's worse because I see out of the tear ducts, which are two little triangles near the <laughs> near the the bridge of the nose. And and your peripheral vision is. I, I'll tell you now it's better, and I think that's just because I've worn the suit so much. Um, the fur on the inside has worn to a point where I can see out of both tear ducts. Before, I was seeing out of both tear ducts from the same eye, and I had to adjust the head, and it, it, was, an, it was a nightmare. But recently, um, for whatever reason, I'm able to see through both tear ducts with each of my eyes, which is awesome. I can get around now. So did you face any challenges with endurance? Oh, yeah. I died. I <laughs> I got my suit on the first dance night, and I'm like, I'm just going to go dance the night away. That's what's happening. So I went to do it, and about uh, five minutes in, <laughs> I did the same stuff I normally do outside of suit, and I didn't even think about it. I was like, oh, my God, what am I doing? Didn't help that I... Um, I had a sweat, like a sweat band, a sweat absorption band that you like wear hiking. I had a that Patrick around Swayze. my neck. Exactly. I had it around my neck, but I had it too tight, so it was killing my breath. You know, I couldn't breathe. So I literally was running to get to the headless lounge because I knew I would have passed out had I not gotten in there, taken it off, and gotten some water quick. That sounds scary. <laughs> that, you know, it was. It was. I really thought I was going to pass out. Um, so when people say know your limits, they mean it. That's, that is a truth. Don't, you don't know better. I promise. <laughs> so is that your big advice then to first time ever going out in first aid is know your limits? No, because that's a bad message because people, well, it, it's, it could be sound advice. Physically, though. physically. Yes. Okay. Spiritually and mentally. Absolutely not. Go out there and be a dork, dude. <laughs> don't be shy. Cause that's what I, I was really shy in suit the first couple days and, it's it's not as fun that way. It's really not. You're you're in a teddy bear outfit. You can be as derpy as you want. Nobody's gonna care, really. <laughs> you're twenty percent cooler. Always. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about local stuff then, because we've touched on it a little bit. Okay. What is different for a local meet logistically in a fursuit than a con? Because a con, I mean, like they people expect fursuits, right? Yeah. And they choose venues that way. And locally, mm-hmm. what challenges are you facing that would be different? Well, um, not just in terms of con uh, of meets like uh, the fur meets, but like going out to the dance club, which I do a lot. I go to like Area Fifty One and dance. In your suit? Yes, and people love it. The regular people love it. But um, local meets, I don't know. I I think they're easier. Um, you know the people. I guess it depends because there are extrovert personalities and there are introvert personalities. And I think an introvert person may have a little harder time breaking out in suit when they're around a bunch of local people because those people already have an idea of that person. And I've spoken to some people about this. 
but I've always been pretty extrovert. So people people know me, but I've always enjoyed um, destroying people's, you know, preconceptions about who I am. That's that's a lot of fun. Um, locally at the Beats, they're a lot of fun. Uh, I can take my head off, and people don't get weird about it. At, at cons, they do. I don't care. I, I will take my head off because I'm just as cute with the head off as I am with the head on, in my opinion. I don't know. I don't believe in the whole destroying the magic thing. Never have. Um, I think they're more comfortable, though, personally. So have you suffered fursuit damage? A little. So the, the suit I have has, a, has what's called a dropped crotch. I just wanted to say it like that. Um, so basically, the crotch of the fursuit is, you know, about six inches, seven inches lower than mine. And that's kind of to give it a really cute digital grade look. I've, I've, uh, I, I split the seam right between <laughs> the inseam, basically, um, a couple stitches just from getting up and not paying attention to, you know, the, the, uh, the integrity of the cloth or how much I have to move. Um, so yeah, the stuffing that's in the knee of the suit, there's a pocket that has the polyfill and it's come unstitched just from wear. Because I wear it every weekend. I dance every weekend. This suit gets a lot of wear and tear, considering it's it's doing pretty well. When did you first discover your first damage on the suit? It was trying the suit on at home one day, and I was getting up from my bed, which is low to the floor, and I got on my, you know, I was getting up from my knees because I was crawling out of bed, and I, uh, I split the seam a little bit, and I, was, I heard it, and I was like, <gasps> No, that's a bad sound. Pluck, pluck, pluck. That's never good. So uh, I I took it off immediately, and I'm like, oh, how many fingers can I fit through it? No. How many? How did I destroy it? So did you end up fixing it? Well, <laughs> nope. <laughs> it needs it needs fixed. Honestly, it gets a lot of cleaning. It gets a lot of maintenance. But I can't sew. I don't have a sewing machine. I've tried the the pocket that holds the polyfill in the knee. I tried to hand sew that. And that was a nightmare. Not only did it not stay uh, sewn, but uh, it was just, uh, I, I never want to hand sew that crap again. Now fast forward a few months, right before the big dance that is for their confusion. We chatted with Hayrider right after he retrieved his fursuit head after eye surgery, after he elected to update his eyes. Well, I'm getting ready to go to further confusion. Um, spent about six months suiting since I've got my first suit, and I've had plenty of experience now. Um, lots of interaction with people, both um, in their own suits and out of suits. The big difference about this con is going to be that I can see pretty well. Um, my previous eye design really limited my vision, which was my fault. It was my decision big time, but uh, it's going to be nice to be able to get out there and be able to see what I'm doing and actually interact with other fursuiters. I mean, it's great if they talk, but most fursuiters aren't going to do that. That's just the way it is. Um, I think... <laughs> I don't know. I think that there's going to be a higher standard um, as far as fursuits go. I mean, in a smaller con, you get a certain amount of suitors, which is awesome. But I think at a bigger con, they expect um, a little more out of you as far as performance and appearance. And so I'm really going to have to give it my all to really 
push my character. And I think it'll be easy now. It'll be really easy being able to see and not being <laughs> cowardice to do certain things because vision is such an obstacle. I am not familiar with the new hotel. I am. Uh, I was there when it was at the Doubletree, and I am in love with the Doubletree. I know that I'm in the Hilton, which means I have to walk over to the convention, so that'll be interesting, because I'm fat, and I'm in a fursuit. <laughs> Are you excited for the dance? Yeah, the dance is what I'm going for. That is my, that's my thing. Um, so I will be dancing every night. I don't know how long. Um, I know I have a lot more, uh, I can't think of the word. Experience? No, being able to go endurance, endurance. I guess. Um, so I can dance a lot longer than I did at RMFC. I also know my limits. I also have better ventilation. So I will be spending a lot of time on the dance floor every night, unless the music is crappy. That, that's going to be the only hindrance. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to go up to your room and play your own music? Yeah, just <laughs> rock out. Just, just crank up my playlist so that everybody in my room has to deal with my dancing and not give a crap. I'm going to need to spend more time in the lounge. I'm going to need to chill a little bit more and just really take it easy because I don't want to I don't want to die again. Come near to dying, I should say. Have you learned how to better pack your fursuit? I actually went to my local thrift store and I found a suit bag, a suit garment bag that is gigantic that I can fit my whole fursuit in, everything but the hooves and head. Coming up, Hayrider recalls his trip to Further Confusion 2013 and talks about his future in the hobby of fursuiting. If the world of fursuiting has some big secret, it's probably found in the heart of touching stories which affect fursuiters on a deeply personal level. A story about how they made someone's day or affected someone so deeply, it was crystallized and etched into their memories for life. Unfortunately, we can only take a drop of the metaphoric lake out of these personal stories, but here are two we found as we built this episode. Hello, my name is Ken, or a lot of people may know me as Overzen, or perhaps the one that everyone likes is... Old English sheepdog named Barnaby. Well, I, I guess recently um, at FC 2013, there was this uh, mom and her little girl that, um, you know, th this little girl is adorable. Runs around in like a little badger pajamas. I had uh, encountered them a few times before, and she seemed uh, to like Barnaby. Uh, but this time in particular, yeah, I, I just had a lot of fun of getting down and playing with her. I think we played for you know, five or ten minutes. Um, but it, you know when you're in suit and you just kind of get into that headspace more where you just sort of become that character, um, acting more uh, puppy-like, getting down on all fours, trying to you know, emulate a dog a bit more. It was, it was a lot of fun. And the little girl was just giggling the whole time, playing with Barnaby. And at the end of it, um, her mom, she does little accessories. And she gave me this little plush squeaky bone. I gotta tell you, that was the highlight of my con. It's on a mantle at home, are you kidding? I, I, I like to take it out, squeak it at people. It's, it's just a fun little prop to have now. But for me, it was 
it meant a lot, her, her mom said. Here you go, thank you for being a good suitor. And to me, that, that, that's what I try to be um, out there, entertaining, interactive. Uh, just try to always keep the character up and moving. My name is KP, uh, short for Cuddle Pup. There is a story that I have. Um, it is unique, and it's one I, I, I will share with you. I typically don't share it uh, in recorded media. I tend to prefer telling it in person. Um, this is a story about my very first costume. Uh, I had come into, I, I had worked quite a while to build and have built and, and perform as the character Hong Kong Fui back in the 90s. Uh, it was very difficult to do because he was a, a rather obscure character. Not a lot of people knew him. He is on Boomerang, but again, not a lot of people. He, he was only made for one season, so it's not a, it, he's not a, a long-lived character. But I, I had worked and I finally got the costume done and I was just thrilled to have it. I brought him down to Florida. And uh, I was going to do a one-night appearance at Give Kids the World. It was my first appearance there. And um, I was a little nervous because I was doing a copyrighted character. But the, the, the people there were okay with it. And so I, I'm in what's called the Magic Castle. It's a big round room in a castle-shaped building. And there's this little girl in a pink dress who just will not leave my side. Once she saw me, she walked right up to me, and she just was there the whole time. She's always underfoot. And uh, so I danced with her a little bit, and I was trying to play with some of the other children, but she just really would not leave. She really wanted to be there with this character. And so um, I, I probably spent a good, I would say, 20 to 40% of the time engaging with this one little girl. And she was, seemed very happy. She was all smiles. And uh, when the set was over, because it was a one-hour set, the set was over, um, went back to the break room, was getting undressed, getting the costume clean and put away. And the, the uh, duty manager asked me, um, we have a request. I need to, she said, I need to see you. And I was like, what's wrong? She goes, I, I just need to talk to you privately. Can you come in the office? So the other folks are like, what did you do? And I'm like, no, I don't know. So we go into the office. She said, we have a request. Uh, the little girl in the pink dress, uh, she'd really like an autograph. Can you sign an autograph? And uh, I was like, well, sure, I can do a little drawing. So I did a little quick sketch of Hong Kong Fui and signed from your pal, Hong Kong Fui. And she said, just stay here. Don't come out until we know she's left. And so did that. And then my friends were all, is everything okay? Is everything okay? I'm like, yeah, just leave the door closed for a few minutes and then you know, I'll come out. So a few moments later, I poked my head out and I could see the little girl holding the page very carefully between, you know, out in front of her body, like she didn't want anything to happen to it. And she's kind of toddling out. She was having a little trouble walking. And um, as I come out of the room, this woman approaches me and very kind of almost loudly says, you were Hong Kong Fui, weren't you? And I'm like, well, no, you know, he's probably left. You know, he's a, he's a busy character. He's a busy guy. And she's like, no, 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 you were Hong Kong Fui, weren't you? And I'm like, shh, there's children around, please. And she goes, I need to know, you were Hong Kong Fui, weren't you? And so I kind of went, shh, yes, just the kids can't know, shush. And she just looks me dead in the eye and she says, who sent you? And it kind of took me back. I'm like, what do you mean? And she goes, who told you to be here tonight? 
and I was like, nobody. I'm on vacation. I have this costume. It's a one night gig. I, I'm from Texas. You know, I, I just happen to be here. And she goes, no, somebody told you to come. Who told you to be here tonight? I need to know. And I'm just kind of flabbergasted. And this man walks up and he goes, it ended up being her father. He says, you really don't know, do you? And I was like, know what? She says, you don't know what her wish was. The child's wish was to meet Hong Kong Fui. And they told me the story of this little girl has in her bedroom these posters and a little coffee cup and these other little decorations of this character. But he was so obscure, and that was at a time when Universal Studios dealt with Hanna-Barbera characters, they didn't have this costume. It doesn't exist in the Hanna-Barbera stable. So they had her meet with George Jetson, and they had Scooby-Doo, and Yogi Bear, and all of these other characters, but she really wanted to meet this one character, and I just happened to be the one person in America who had this costume who happened to be in the right place at the right time. Um, to me, that was very freaky. It was very odd, and when the, guy, the, the father finished telling me the story, I mean, I was getting shivers, and the mother was just crying. And uh, I was like, honestly, this is a huge coincidence. I don't know how it happened. And um, I talked with the father a little bit more, and, and they, they eventually left. Um, and I did learn later on that the little girl passed away shortly after that visit. Uh, she was terminal. That's a, it was such a coincidence, I, I really kind of felt motivated to not wear that costume anymore. It's like I had been working for five years to get this thing done. And now that it was done, it was like, what can I do with this thing that can top what just happened? It's like, it, I felt like I was being pushed somehow to make this thing happen just for that moment. Um, so I still do have the costume. I just very rarely wear it. I, it gets worn once every two to three years. It's lucky. Uh, it just kind of sits in the closet. And it's a constant reminder to me that no matter where you go, no matter where you think magic is in the world and it's going to hit you from a spot you never expected. Welcome to Act 4, My First Fursuit, where we conclude Haywriter's story. We've got to be honest. We weren't able to follow Hayrider closely at further confusion for a variety of reasons, but we were able to still a few moments of his time to see how his big convention experience went. FC was actually really interesting. I didn't expect to socialize as much in suit as I did. I expected there to be more of a hierarchy at the con, and I expected people not to be as welcoming, I guess. What do you mean by hierarchy? <laughs> like uh, people who had been suiting longer, or people who have earned a name for their self for dancing or whatever. Further Confusion had 3,232 registered attendees this year, compared to 863 which registered at Hayrider's Rocky Mountain Fur Con. Really refreshing, honestly, and I'm excited to go back. I've I was really excited to go back for the next year, so it's going to be awesome. So how did FC compare to RMFC? FC is much bigger. Actually, I would say that it's probably just due to the amount of fursuiters at a bigger con, 
but it was friendlier, and I think that's because there was a larger variety. There was a bigger variable of people. Did the size of the venue or actually just the attendance size make a difference to you at all, or did it not impact your experience in suit? I got a bigger reaction, but that's because there were more people there. I definitely think that having more people there also meant more suitors, and that also meant more people to you know chill with. It was a lot of fun, actually, and, and the bigger con was a better con, I think. So did you feel more confident at FC? Oh, yeah, much more. Like, when I first got there, I was definitely a little bit shy, but then I drank alcohol. It just became a lot of fun. No, honestly, everybody was really, really cool. I mean, the people who did reach out left a lasting impression, so I got to take that home and keep talking with those people. So, Did you dance? A lot. How, how did that go? Every night. Um, well, I could dance a lot longer, and I knew my limits, so I didn't feel like killing myself every night by the time I was done. Didn't suffocate, and I didn't have to run for water. Dancing on stage with the DJs was a lot of fun. That was something that was different than uh, RMFC, because they had a stage for people to go up and show off on, which I did all the time, so... <laughs> How was the reaction? Did the audience react to you? Yeah, actually. It was a, it, it's a lot of fun, I guess... Um, it may be a mixture of like the colors pop and it might be, you know, I, I think, I think it draws a lot of attention to itself, but I was able to be flamboyant enough. No, no, almost actually. So how was being drunk at FC compared, like I saw you at Rocky Mountain Furcon being drunk. And... Um, I wasn't drunk in suit as much at RMFC and here's why. I didn't know my limits yet, and I knew after the first night of dancing, when I wasn't drunk, how dangerous it could be if I forgot what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> forgot to drink water, forgot to breathe with my mouth. Going to FC, I had had some experience with, I may or may not have drank in suit before FC, um, and I definitely knew what I needed to do to uh, not get myself into much trouble or, or, you know, injure myself or somebody else. So what was your most difficult moment in suit at FC? Oh, that one's easy, actually. So remember where I was talking about getting drunk in suit a lot? Yeah. Yeah, this stems from that. So <laughs> at one of the room parties, I hadn't noticed, which is retarded because we were out on a balcony, um, I hadn't noticed that uh, somebody was smoking a cigarette, and I gave him a great big hug, and then my hand started searing and burning pain, <laughs> and I looked down, and sure enough, there had been a cigarette hole burned into my, the paw of my suit, <gasps> and it was heartbreaking. I was, I, actually, I was less um, pissed off about it, because... The, the thing that I was most scared about was telling the person who made this suit that it happened. So instead of telling that person and letting him repair it, I, like, hid in my hotel room for two hours and sewed it up myself. <laughs> <laughs> Final thoughts on FC? Final thoughts on FC? Yeah, or any stories you want to share? Make sure you can see what you're doing. I Before... <laughs> Before my suit had eye surgery, I would don't think I could have survived that con. The old eyes were cute, the new eyes are still cute, but honestly, it was worth sacrificing a little bit of the cosmetic 
just a little bit of the cosmetic look for functionality because literally I don't know how many cigarette burns I would have come home with that I'm not <laughs> able to see. Yet. Rocky Mountain Furcon versus um, FC. I mean, you were able to experience a convention blind, and then you were able to experience a convention where you can see what was the difference. The reactions of other people made all the difference, good and bad. But no, I, I like bad reactions too, because when people grimace at the idea of a guy wearing a teddy bear suit, it's a lot of fun to, you know, not give them more than three feet of space. <laughs> but so you're vindictive. The, I'm, no, I'm an antagonist. <laughs> One of the things uh, that you said at RMFC was that you were scared you wouldn't see people waving at you from the distance. Has that problem been solved? Oh, yeah, definitely. That's that's a huge difference, too. Especially, like, a couple of my experiences with that are just going to, like, local bowling alleys and stuff, and little kids will wave at me. And this is a true story. Of <laughs> Click Click was telling me, hey, that little kid's waving at you. And I turned around, and I waved in the complete opposite direction. <laughs> I was waving in the opposite direction at this kid. And then Click relayed the information to me. She's like, he's, he said something to the effect of, she looks like she's really disappointed in how stupid you are. <laughs> I couldn't see her. What could I do? At long last, we have come to the end of our journey. We have seen Hayrider grow in experience and confidence as a fursuiter through each milestone event. We looked back on the trip with him. So let's shift gears then cool. um, and come to the final questions. Cool. So I'm kind of sad about. <laughs> I kind of am. Why? Because it's like this journey that we've gone It kind on. of is. It's like we started this almost a year ago. It's been fun. So a year later, how do you feel you've changed as a person when it comes to fursuiting? I'm not shy. And I can see. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, it's, uh, it's easy to go out and just know that people are going to enjoy me being me and I don't have to produce a personality for my suit. I, I am that personality and I'm able to put it into motion and translate that to a more cartoonish figure. Have you gained a lot of self-confidence? Yeah. In suiting, I've, I've been a pretty confident person in general, but since suiting was such a new thing for me, yeah, definitely that's progressed over the year. Like dramatically are you are you more tuned into how people are reacting in general in or out of suit for the most part yeah every once in a while you get people who react negatively and you don't expect it that's gonna happen at cons you know for the same reason little kids get scared of clowns at circuses <laughs> i mean it's it's the same thing and of course so overall what is your favorite moment that you've had in suit it actually wasn't at a convention. It was locally. <laughs> and it was um, the day after Hayrider got eye surgery. I, I would say it was the pickup date for picking up the suit. Um, but more so, it was the pickup day for picking up the modified head. After I had the new eyes put in, we went to a local club called Area 51, because that's where fursuiters are allowed to go and dance. That's just, that's the way it is. It's not, um, it's not nasty or, or grungy. I mean, that's arguable, but people are less questionable there than at some of the local gay bars, in my opinion. 
and I don't necessarily want to show up at gay bars all the time. But, all the time. But, uh, <laughs> it was really nice to go, and for the first time, that was the first time I got to interact with people in suit and experience their um, reactions, get some input and from them. It was the first time I was able to go dance and see people dancing around me, so I wasn't just some dumb... Th it wasn't like an animatronic machine that didn't know the difference between people dancing with me and not. It was really nice to uh, be able to wave at people and go outside and chill with them when I needed to take a break. Um, it was really nice to get up on stage and realize that every go-go dancer on stage was dancing around me at one point. That was pretty awesome. How did you feel emotionally? Uh, really fulfilled. Like, uh, honestly, more... Like, a lot of people say that fursuiting fills a void. Um, I think seeing in fursuit filled the void for me. Because I, I, I don't feel much different in suit than out of suit. I feel a little more animated and a lot you know like the temperature's a lot higher <laughs> but i mean um it's just it's nice to see people's reactions to somebody in a big cute animal suit it's it's wonderful and it's uh heartwarming to see people come to you and feel comfortable and enjoy your company without even talking to or getting to know you yet. It's I've never experienced that. I've always been a guy that people need to talk to to kind of feel comfortable around because I'm a big dude. What advice you, would you give to new fursuiters? Coming down the path from being a new fursuiter yourself, mm -hmm. what would you tell them? When a designer tells you this choice will look this way but it will cause this problem, listen to them. Um, right away, because if they tell you, yeah, we can make the mask out of resin, but it could break and it will be heavy, that's probably something to think about. Um, that's not a problem I experienced. Mine w was with the eyes, but definitely listen to whoever's making your suit. Think about the ergonomics of your suit, not just the, uh, the, vi the visual um, look of it. Put yourself out there. Don't be scared. That's that's one problem I had at first is I didn't I didn't know who was okay with me yet, which was weird because I was at a fur convention, but I I kept my arms very close and like folded and acted really shy. That's not me, and that's not how I act in suit anymore. It, it's okay to be scared at first, but just know that you can put yourself out there, especially if you're around people with common interests. What is the biggest misunderstanding you would like to clear up for non-fursuiters? People think that fursuiters have, like, a classist. Or, or a that, cast? That they hold themselves above people who don't own suits. And I kind of get that. I understand why people think that. I thought that for a little while. Um, and I don't know if it, it depends on the person. Some people think it's because they have more, more money, they think they're better because they can afford a suit. Some people think it's because they can wear this suit and they don't have to, you know, wear their human skin, that they can be this cuter thing and humans aren't as cute. There are people with all kinds of theories as to why fursuiters, um, enjoy each other's company or think that they hold themselves higher. The reason fursuiters enjoy each other's company the most is because most of fursuiters' socialization is done in the headless lounge. And unfortunately, if you don't have a suit, some people don't like you going back there. That's where we meet each other. That's where we become friends. It's, it's not because we're 
we're trying to hold ourselves above you guys. It's or anything like that. It's like that's where we talk. That's where we get to know each other. So we become friends pretty easily. We spend a lot of time in there trying not to die. Describe your future in fursuiting, then. It's hard to tell right now. I expected to go to a lot more cons in the next few years, but with me going back to school, that's going to change a couple things. Um, definitely going to be as active locally as possible. Going to go to as many cons as I can for my budget. My future in fursuiting, I'm just going to enjoy myself. I don't believe in the pop you fur thing. You know, I'm not going to go hang out with people to build a reputation. I'm just going to enjoy myself and pick, pick friends up along the way. So why fursuit? Why fursuit? I don't know. I guess it depends because fursuiting isn't for everyone. I, why do I fursuit? It was fun. It was fun to put on, put the character on, um, to bring the character out. However you want to look at it, because everybody looks at it differently. But I don't know. Just uh, that's a really hard question to answer. I like fursuiting because it gives me the chance to not look like a person for a little bit. I enjoy being a human being. I'm a humanist. I love other people. People are beautiful. But it's fun to pretend to be an animal and get away with it. I mean, if I were to just run around and pretend I had ears and growl at people without a suit on, people would think I was schizophrenic. So it's, I don't know, it's, uh, it's fun to be able to get away with being something that's arguably not human, and as long as you don't take it to a point where it's offensive. So the last question we have for you, thinking back from when we started recording, before you had your suit, picking it up, going to your cons, going to local events, going to FC, getting eye surgery, all of that, and you're at this point, what are your final thoughts that you want to leave with the audience as far as what's fursuiting like, why fursuit? You know, because people are listening to you and living vicariously through you at this point, and they've gone through this journey. What are your final thoughts for them? I gotta think about it. Being a furry is about creating an identity. I, I think that everybody would agree with me, whether the identity is based on them or they build their personality around the identity they create. It's a creative uh, collective, and being able to visibly produce the image that you have inside your head, whether it's through art, or fursuiting, or dancing, or role play, I think is very important to all of us. And I think that every fursuiter, or every furry has a an inclination to do those things. Being a fursuiter, I think everybody can benefit from because it allows them to go to a public place and interact with people socially away from cyberspace. I think that being able to be social outside of a virtual environment is very important to anyone. And I think if people out there are more comfortable being their character than being themselves in uh, an in-person social environment, I think it's very important that people find a way to be comfortable. And I think a lot of people find that through fursuits. And I think that's okay. I think uh, it's okay to be your character in person.
We hope you have gained some insight, appreciation, and a better understanding of the first shooting experience. This special episode is the product of the generosity and kindness of many people who we would like to recognize. Hayrider, the star of today's program, for letting us follow him around with recording equipment, showing up to the studio, and for his time. Maddie, his boyfriend, who lent Hayrider enormous support and the show his thoughts and input. Enigma, for creating Hayrider's fursuit and letting us into his home to record the pickup event. Haku Pamfer for his fursuit story. SK Skunk and Laser Elena for sharing their thoughts on seeing Hayrider's suit at his first con. Overzen slash Barnaby for sharing his personal con story. Monkey for sharing his personal stories, available as a show bonus on our website. Sid Stoat for his personal stories, available as a show bonus on our website, and for providing some of the original guitar music for today's program. Cuddlepup for sharing his very personal fursuiting story and his charity work in helping children through fursuiting. He serves as Ezra, one of the hosts of the Funday Poppet Show at poppet.tv. Circaroo, who provided fursuit creation insights. Josh Woodward, an internet music artist who provided some of our soundtrack. Please check out his music at joshwoodward.com. This American Life, the NPR radio program, which provided significant inspiration for the style of today's program. For more interesting stories on a variety of topics, check out thisamericanlife.org. If you like today's show and would like to support similarly-minded programs, please donate to This American Life on their website. The in-studio audio recording was provided by our sound engineer, Koru, who asks all the deep questions. What is your first year going to look like? If you enjoyed today's episode or have experiences you'd like to share, please comment on our show notes page. You don't need to create an account to do so, but you can easily connect with others and read their fun stories. Thanks for joining us for the season of For What It's Worth. We'll be back on June 2nd with new episodes.